Live from the headquarters of Common Sense, this is Common Sense Christianity. As always, I'm your host, Ethan Foster, here today with another episode. And guys, I'm going to take uh, an approach. Well, I, I guess you could say I'm going to do a different, a more different of a video than I usually do. So usually on my YouTube channel, at least for my Instagram viewers, you're already used to this. Uh, I usually talk about more of scientific and historical reasons to believe in uh, Christianity per se, but this time uh, I'm going to be going and diving into the text of scriptures today, and it is a very familiar story, and I will try my best to do this since I don't do this very often, and it's the story of the prodigal son, and it really is a beautiful uh, text if you haven't heard of it. It's about how this um, how uh, this son goes to his father and asks for his inheritance before his father, um, while his father is still alive. And he goes out and blows all his money and then returns to his father. And his father accepts him happily and rejoices about it. So let's go ahead and read it into the text. So it's, this text comes from Luke 15, 11 through 32. And it says, and he said, there was a man who had two sons, the younger uh, of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in, in reckless living. Uh, and when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired um, himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods uh, that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than, than enough uh, bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will rise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven uh, and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he rose and came to his father. But while he was standing, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Uh, let's just stop here for a second. So this um, this story sh perfectly shows the whole Christian doctrine as a whole. And for people who are unfamiliar with Christianity, may ask how it does it. So uh, the way that it does, the way that it shows uh, the Christian faith as a whole is because it shows how we go, we rebel against our, in this case, the, our father, which in a metaphorical sense is God, right? And we sin and we go and rebel against him. And then after that, and when, once we realize we are, um, we were wrong, uh, the father, which you will see in this story, has forgiveness for us. So let's go ahead and continue this. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. 
I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly uh, the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this um, my son was dead and, al and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near uh, the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received them back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him uh, but he answered his father, look, these many years I've served you and I, um, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat uh, that I may celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed a fattened cow for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me. And all that, that is my, all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this brother, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. That comes from Luke 15, 11 through 32. So again, like I just said, this is a perfect showing of what us as Christians believe. So we are the prodigal son in this sense. And as the prodigal son, we have rebelled against our father, right? And in rebellion, we deserve punishment. That is just uh, the truth there. But when we come back to our Father, knowing that we have sinned, knowing that we deserve punishment, knowing that we have wronged God, God doesn't say, I have to punish you. God doesn't say, um, away from me. But instead... He opens his arms to you. He comes in with love. He comes in with forgiveness. He celebrates when someone comes to him. And I'm going to keep this very brief because I don't want the audience to lose this. But listen to me when I say this. Christ, his sacrifice, uh, provides all of, well, it covers all of the punishment we deserve. So once we come back to God, and say, I did this, this, and this. Forgive me, Lord. I will come to you. I will serve you. I will be your servant. I don't even need the place I need. I had before. Just accept me again. And what God does, he doesn't just accept you. He raises you up. Uh, that is exactly what's happening in the story. And that is why Jesus told this story. He was trying to show uh, the example between us and the Father. We are the prodigal son. The Father is, of course, Father God is the Father in the story. And going to um, to the other brother that was jealous of of the prodigal son, uh, you can interpret that how you want. But the way I see it, in a sense, is sometimes the religious leaders, Christians. Uh, high priest, things like that. They sometimes uh, ju judge us because we have done wrong 
and God has accepted us, and they don't like that necessarily. We can take the Pharisees, for example, in the Gospels. Why should Jesus be hanging around? Why is Jesus hang, hanging around with these sinful people? Uh, remember, Jesus hung out with the worst people and forgave them, and they came to accept him. Why should the Pharisees, who have been doing all these good works, why are they not on a higher pedestal, but are put equally with the former sinner? And it is because we are all sinners. Some of us have sinned less than our other brethren, but it is not our job to judge. It is not our job to be jealous. And we should celebrate when someone that has been dead in sin it becomes alive in Christ. And that's really the shortest I can make that story. So right now we are going to get um, to a question from Virtual Willis. I might, I think I did this question last week, uh, but he asked another one. And he said, sure, I think, I think um, you and I have talked enough that you know me to be a generally curious and open-minded sort of guy. I've never seen any compelling evidence for gods, goddesses, demons, angels, spirits, dragons, aliens, unicorns, mountain trolls, goblins, vampires, uh, etc. Could, could any of those creatures or beings exist? Sure. But until I see compelling evidence for any of them, I am forced into a, a position where I have to tell you that I currently don't have enough evidence to support the conclusion that any of those things are real. And the only way I know uh, uh, of to give that kind of evidence is the scientific method. Human conjunction is too prone to bias and false assumptions and rely on it for the kind of claims being made. Take aliens, for example. You and I both know that there are folks out there who claim to be abducted by them or experimented on. If we wanted it, if we wanted, we could interview those people and get first-hand testimony of the events uh, that they say they experienced. So why don't we believe them? Because their stories are not possible to reproduce and test. Because they can't make testable predictions that would help us determine the difference between our planet has been visited by aliens and this person has some sort of non-alien related experience. It's not that we are calling them liars or saying they are stupid or accusing them of weak-minded uh, being weak-minded or gullible. It's just an omission of the limits of testable claims uh, uh, within the science, uh, the science, bounds of scientific method. Forgive me for not being able to talk right now. And in the event that they do make a testable claim, guess how every single one of those has turned out? You guessed it, not aliens. I picked alien... I picked aliens, but that's just an example. Any other of the other things on, on that list work just as well with a little tweaking. Okay, so there's a lot to get here in this particular couple paragraphs of information. So it, it's different. There's a different context, and I'm sure everyone understands this, between whether... Uh, spirits or aliens or dragons or unicorns exist or whether there's a grand creator to the universe. Totally different context, totally different ways of proving it. No, you cannot prove God through the scientific method because that is not what the scientific method is used for. The scientific method is used for 
natural things, not supernatural things. Now you can uh, t do what you want with that particular sentence I just made. Now, uh, with that being said, how do we figure out whether there's a God? And atheists hate what I'm about to say. And I've said it on almost every single video that I have made. And that is, look around you. Just look around you. You see nature, but you see a grand author behind that nature. When you go out, there's this national park in Nevada called Great Basin National Park. And you go out there, and it is one of the most isolated natural places in the, in the lower 48. You go out there, and when it becomes pitch black, you can see almost every star you can see in the night sky. In the night sky, I should say. So you look at that, and it amazes me how people are not marveled at the grandness of that in terms of how limited we are. And that points to a creator for me personally. My evidence is, is that when you see the book of the universe, this universe is a book. Is it reasonable to assume that there is no author? Or is the author's signature different than what we expected? Or what atheists are asking for? And that is a question I provide uh, for you, uh, for any atheists that might be watching this video. And again, he talks about firsthand testimony, which he could be talking about a variety of things when it comes to the argument of whether Christianity is true or not. Firsthand testimony, yes, it's uh, it can be unreliable, but when you have multiple uh, testimonies that are very similar to each other, you can, in my opinion, reasonably assume that that is true or has a likelihood of being true. So hopefully that answers your question. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Common Sense Christianity. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're on Instagram, make sure you follow the Instagram account. And if you're on the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Guys, share this with everyone you know. We want to continue growing. We want to make this the most popular Christian platform ever. Let's shoot for that. Uh, that's a big goal, but anything's possible. So if you have any questions, leave them in the comment section below or email me at commonsensechristianitypodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, I'm Ethan Foster here with Common Sense Christianity. You just listened to an episode of Common Sense Christianity. I'm your host, Ethan Foster, as always. And we love doing this for you guys. Please share the podcast with your friends and family if you like it. And frankly, even if you don't, uh, subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review so that more people can hear the word of God. And until next time, God bless you.